Um, I learned from the creator, uh, Diffie Helmet guy, um, Dr. Diffie, was that um, after he invented the Diffie Helmet Exchange, he said he didn't know how much hustling, how much business it took to get this into the mainstream, to get this to get to adoption. Because right now, um, a lot of these Bitcoin guys, they're scientists, right? I came from a science background. And from getting a science and academic paper into an actual deliverable project, that takes way more than just one smart dude. It takes like hundreds of hustlers. And that's what we see on this poll, right? We see people that are selling dreams. Okay, maybe they're going too far. And that's the responsibility of the investor, of the smarter investor to identify these failed dreams, to identify what's like really just a scam. So in many cases, yes, we are... Uh, overextending because a lot of people aren't educated. It's sad to see people coming to the space, like maybe what you're saying is the 12, 13 year olds, 16 year olds that um, get scammed believing that this is going to go to the moon. But I, I personally believe, and I'm one of those that actually learned a lot from this whole kind of journey and learned how to identify, you know, DeFi, the, the scams, and we have, you know, these terms for it now. But eventually, what I see is that this, um, it really taught a lot of people about investing in general, which is not taught in schools. And I feel that's really cool, um, and that's what we should have in the space. And you can always find like silver linings, and we, we don't we can't really figure out like what the alternate I think you're uh, nice. paths you're should be. Nice. What you're too nice as a person. You want to protect everyone. No, no, I, it, it's not that. I, I'm fine with people losing their own money, right? Like if if you if you chose to do uh, some ICO and then you lost your money, then great, because uh, you learned a really expensive lesson. Uh, what what I object to are all of these people that go out and try to create demand for a product that doesn't exist, that they have no intention of creating. Uh, that, that sort of scamminess is not innovation in any way, shape, or form. Now, that does create smarter investors eventually, and suckers are going to lose their money. That's okay. Um, but at, at the same time, like all that energy is really like a form of rent seeking. You're trying to print your own money. Instead of trying to do that, if you had people that were going towards more, uh, you know, producing goods and services that people actually wanted, um, I think that makes civilization better. So, like from just a human perspective, I see, I see a lot of waste there. A lot, a lot of inefficiency. I see a lot of behavior that uh, frankly is kind of despicable and uh, and I, I don't I don't want to see any of that and I, I think it, it, it changes and, and like we can't cover everything with like a, such a broad brush right like not everything's a scam not everything's like completely virtuous uh, but there is like definitely a threshold at which you can say all right that guy was clearly scamming and that that added no innovation whatsoever and uh, and that's that's basically what I'm saying is that <laughs> there were things there was a lot of things that bound up capital. Coming back to the discussion about the cash is what's strange to me really is the fact that if you take an engineering or science, it doesn't come back to the vote. It doesn't come back to the community. We're not sitting here voting how the sheep should be going through the sea. It doesn't matter how good we are, how we scam it or not. It's about the facts, fact-checking, and proving with a formal logic that there is, with these predictions, with these 
formal logic, there is such consequences. So coming back to the debate of the block size, it comes back to the values. Do we believe that we need something that is censorship resistant and that can be taken from us? If we do, there is formal consequences of what have to be done. There is no space for the debate. If we do not believe, and we believe that there is some other values on top of that, that's a completely different question. Okay, we can have a different community, but it's not about the original story. And it is really strange that with this old democratic approach, we forget that the, the, the real value in the engineering and the science is the formal logic, not just, you know, making a debate. Another important uh, thing about that, that uh, I'm very surprised that nobody thought ever that Ethereum, which is world computer or whatever, it doesn't allow you co to control your own funds in terms of tokens or Ethereum on a multi-sig wallet with your private key. If you put your private key on a tether and put it into a safe for five years, your bitcoins with that key will be st still safe until it was stolen physically. But it's not the case for the tokens, because the tokens are controlled not by the private key, but by the smart contract, as well as multi-six smart contract. So there is nothing to talk about philosophy when there is formal logic failures in the conclusions. Well, well we, we agree with that. That was more yeah. of a statement. Yeah. That Jimmy, I, I like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy and I are in agreement. Uh, Susan, you had a question? And uh, Josh. I have a oh. quick comment. I just want to say I know how hard it is, Ken, to attend the events because I spend most of my time in the hallway saying, no, his name is not Tony Vays, it's Tone Vays. That's <laughs> okay. Actually, you know, with, the, with the scams and the shit coins and all of that, you know, people talk about scamming uh, and all this, but really at the end of the day, how much better is it that we can have economic theory tested out voluntarily without gulags. Because the last, uh, you know, the history of human time meant if you want an economic theory tested, you needed a government to geographically circle that and force that economic theory onto them. And uh, that turned out a lot of the time with a lot of death uh, and a lot of suffering if it was wrong. Oh, Even and, it, and just to go quickly back to the point of failing right like what is the point of creating projects and experimenting with all this stuff and i see it as a self-fulfilling prophecy realistically because at the end of the day how much bigger is bitcoin cryptocurrency than it was i mean in 2009 2012 2013 every person who gets scammed is one more person that talks about how they got scammed and creates a discussion and a debate and therefore more people are talking about cryptocurrency uh, as a part of it and when i was talking to hartez earlier he had a really good point which is, you know, it's basically like we're on a bullet train. And as long as you're participating in cryptocurrency, you're part of that train. Back when the internet was being created, before the Netscape browser was even apparent, which was the first major mainstream browser, there was $13 trillion in the internet industry. We're at $200 billion market cap. You guys are already winning. So just hold on. Yeah, Josh, I'm actually going to flip it on you. Uh, it's not as easy as it sounds. Uh, we have, you're right, for the last 10 years, Bitcoin just had its 10th year anniversary. 
For the last 10 years, the world has... It's about to. It's about to. <laughs> no, Genesis Black was January? January October. 2009. 2009. Oh, Wait, yeah. Yeah, 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 right, right. We're going we're gonna to have our 10-year anniversary, right? So uh, we've had as a voluntary option to use, you know, an alternative to the fiat system, to use hard money, to go back to it. And look what happened. Bitcoin, at one point last year, or earlier this year, had a 30% uh, market cap, 30% of all of crypto. That means 70% of the people in crypto believe in inflation of both coins and don't want an actual hard money. So even within the community of crypto believers, we're still barely at 50% of people that actually want a true censorship-resistant alternative with sound money. Everybody else just wants more money printing. So you're watching the experiment kind of almost fail because people don't want that. I, I wanted to touch a little bit on what Jimmy said and a little bit on what you said. But first, uh, Tua mentioned uh, Bitcoin's birthday coming up, which is going to be in Vegas, World CryptoCon. You guys are coming out. My birthday is November 1st, so I'm celebrating it with Bitcoin in Vegas, so I hope you guys can make it. Uh, but the second point I wanted to bring up is uh, people being scammed and scared out. How many people have been scammed by fiat? The biggest scammers in the world are banks. How many times has Wells Fargo been caught? Well, Kevin Fan has exposed Wells Fargo and has been fighting to educate people to exit the banking industry. But they have been scammed nonstop, yet they just open another bank account because they don't have a choice in which scam to choose. They have this scam, that scam, or the other scam that's known as a bank. At least you have the choice now to pick your fucking scam. Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash. It doesn't matter. What you believe in is real. The scam is what you don't believe in. That's personal. And just you just brought to mind, and a bunch of you guys don't know, some of you guys do know, I was banned from Facebook uh, about two months ago. I had 97,000 people in my Facebook group. Spent forever building the group up. All 17 of my, of my administrators were blocked from Facebook. Some were just honorary, honorary uh, volunteers of administrators. And we had all our personal videos, photos completely removed by Facebook. And when I asked Facebook, why was I removed from Facebook? Why, cannot I, why can't I access my account? Their response, Leslie at Facebook said, uh, well, due to privacy and security concerns, we cannot disclose that information. Uh, this is a permanent decision, and we thank you for the understanding. They did not tell me why they deleted my account. I lost everything, and I was pissed. I became pissed about silos of, 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 of content, of your photos, of your videos. Believe it or not, I read the terms and conditions they pointed me to afterwards. And basically, all they said is that every right that they do not explicitly grant to you does not belong to you, you cannot sue them, and they can use all your information for whatever the hell they want for all time. And I, I asked them for that information, they did not give that back to me. And so for, to, to me, I mean, Ethereum, EOS, many of these platforms, uh, you know, smart contracts, sure, they're gonna have faults, they're gonna have issues, but I think it's important that the parity wallet gets hacked, right? I don't think it was a fault of anybody intentional, but that's part of the, 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 the getting part of many technologies, there's gonna be issues. But it allows us to build decentralized social media. And that's something that's going to be censorship proof. So it's not just about money. I think money's a fantastic first use case. I think it's extremely important, but this is way more than that. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. I mean, uh, everyone talks about how Steam it is so decentralized. It's even worse than 
It's not a peak. It's not a final product. It's not. It's not. But right now, it's a more censorship. Censorship. If it were actually decentralized, there wouldn't be a second version. Well, I didn't say Steven, first of all. Because Steven, I completely agree. It's controlled by whales. I was on Steven for a second month. At the end of the day, your content is going to be sitting on a front end website. And whoever controls that front end website yeah, can censor whatever the hell they want. Anybody can write an application. Anybody can write an application to plug into the Steam blockchain. However, okay. Steam has anybody done it? Yes. Okay. There are, there are a billion different. Well, not a billion. Whatever, whatever it is, it's centralized. We know it's centralized. Dan Lammer created all of the Steamit coins that you could get, and he just distributed it to whoever. Well, well again, well, what you just said, you're right. So why can't you just put all? Why didn't you put all? Again, same thing there, right? If your videos are all on your own personal server, you can display them on your own personal website that can't be censored, right? Like, uh, again, at the end of the day, whenever you interface with the physical world, there can be censorship, whether it's by a government or by a public or private company with public shares. In the case of Facebook, at least they have shareholders to answer to. In the case of a project pretending to be decentralized, they have nobody to answer to. So I want to add to that as well because um, you identify the problem, which is that um, censorship. We do agree it's a problem. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. Um, and I just want to add to that is that forming something like Facebook um, is extremely hard because I've been running video games for a long time. And um, as someone who is making video games, we want to please as many people as possible. But that also means having to censor some people. And who has to write a final say to that? Because some people in a particular game or particular social media network, they are super toxic. They, they can potentially not just spread false news, but they can really make someone's life really miserable. Um, and you see, you know, even engineered um, attacks on people, like bullying. Um, it might not seem like a lot, but it's, it adds up and it might lead to a lot of hate. And as a platform owner, it's their responsibility to stop it. So not all times, um, it's, I feel like there needs to be some form of censorship. And right now, the current, uh, I totally agree with you, the current uh, Steam system, the way that they're doing it, is not working. Um, because there's just way too much power to a few people that are uh, moderating Steamit. But um, I think maybe we're maybe five, ten years away from a decentralized form map of that. Um, I feel like we feel like I think that we're we feel that we're closer than we are. So I think um, Omar, I think you might believe that you're closer to a decentralized system than we are. But I definitely feel like um, there needs to be some form of censorship and maybe the community management, we're just not there yet. In terms of human development as a whole, um, this idea of like um, governance, we're, we're so far away from it. The fact that Bitcoin proved that governance, decentralized governance, kind of doesn't work. We spent so long debating one stupid issue. Why can't we just move along a little bit faster? So I feel like maybe it's like so a feature, fine. not a bug. Uh, but I, I, just, I, I wanted to talk about uh, the whole decentralization thing. And everyone like throws that word around like it's so easy to get and that it's uh, it's so cheap and uh, fast and everything else. It's totally not. It is very very difficult to date. Bitcoin is the only one that's done it in the digital realm. Okay, that's it. We have a population of one, 
and to say, okay, well, we're going to, you know, do Facebook decentralized, or, you know, we could, we're going to do Twitter decentralized or X decentralized. No, that's not decentralization. It's still centralized. If there's a single point of failure, a place where that government can come in and regulate it, it's centralized, okay? And Steenit has that. Dan Larimer, right? Like, go arrest him. You can, you can control that whatever you want, and you can pass whatever laws you want on Steenit. Um, almost everything else, Ethereum, same thing, right? Like Vitalik, you can go and arrest him, you can make him do whatever the hell you want. It's centralized, and very few things are decentralized. People throw it around way too easily, think that it's something that they, they can, uh, you know, just say, oh, we, we have it as uh, some decentralized X, Y, or Z. Now, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, it took, up, it, it took Bitcoin uh, until Satoshi left. When he left was when it actually was decentralized. So I, it's not simple, guys, and, uh, and you can't just throw those around. I would say, guys, decentralization is really hard. But let, let's do a poll. Like, the cameras are on us, so it's okay to raise your hand. Um, how many of you were downloading MP3s before BitTorrent? All right, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Now, how many of you were also downloading MP3s uh, once BitTorrent came out? So either put your hand down if you stopped or add your hand if you're younger and you continue to download with BitTorrent. Okay. How many of you also were downloading movies in addition to songs through BitTorrent or other... Uh, right. How many of you still download from BitTorrent today? Exactly. Look how many hands went down. Look behind you. Three-fourths of the hands just went down. You know why? Because centralized solutions have become compete have started competing. They become faster, better, and cheaper. So decentralization doesn't always win. Okay? Decentralization is hard. Thank you. Hey, let's take one more question from the Um Tom, you pointed out that um the mark uh, Bitcoin dominance went down from 90% to 30% and that's why the, um, people just not truly believe in Bitcoin but I disagree because uh, there was mostly new money, new people coming in um, me from personally, myself also um, and because of the, of course, we beginning for because of the financial reasons and just turned uh, afterwards to more I'm an absolute fan of, of Bitcoin and um, I think it's it's a good thing that people came in for for the craze, the, the bubble which um, popped. And um, psychological-wise, those people who got hurt now in with the uh, bubble with just takes takes like a year or one and a half year, two years to forget about it. But now they learned, they got burned, and the next the next craze which comes up, it's the nature of the, of, of of human psychology that. Um, if you see those those gains or this, this financial freedom, you can probably achieve. Um, you think, oh, I got burned in 2017 or beginning 2018, but maybe end of 2019, 2020, I'm ready, I learned, and now okay, I can, you know, I can finally... I, I actually don't agree with that, uh, when you said it was all new money. Uh, when I got into Bitcoin, I mean, I was hearing about Bitcoin between 2011 and 2013. I joined in 2013, I started becoming public in 2014. Out of all the guys that were there before me, you know, Charlie Schramm, Roger Veer, Eric Warhees, Andreas Antonopoulos. Like, I'm trying to look back. Which of the people that I, that helped get me Max Kaiser, like, which of the people, which names did I know in this space 
before I bought my first Bitcoin. And I think the only one that's still a Bitcoin maximalist out of all those names is Trace Man. I mean, even Andreas is open-minded about Ethereum and other coins, right? I mean, I mean, I, I, I'd say Trace well, Mayer. That doesn't mean that it's not new money, though. No, no. It doesn't mean something, but it's influence, right? But it's influence. Like, you're right. Andreas probably didn't invest much in money, but look at Roger. Roger is diversifying across uh, multiple coins. Uh, you know other guys are. Eric Warkies runs a business for other coins, right? Like, Coinbase was a Bitcoin maximalist company, and then it became an exchange for, you know, shit coins. So... Like, it's not just new money, it's all Bitcoiners. Uh, Rick Falcon was a huge, you know, the big Bitcoin guy. I remember him on Max Kaiser in 2011, talking about how he maxed out all his credit cards to buy into Bitcoin. And then he went into Bitcoin Cash and altcoins, right? So it's a lot of the OG early Bitcoin rich that went into those altcoins and even started a lot of those altcoins. And they were the main influence for that new money. So you're right, a lot of new money did come in, but why did it come in? It's because of the old Bitcoin people that are, were no longer into Bitcoin. And, uh, and this is the thing about a lot of these OGs that have uh, done these things. They've sold their soul, right? Um, and it is very, very tempting to sell your soul for a very big cash outlet. Um, you're talking sometimes in the billions of dollars. Um, and you know, to, to keep your integrity through that, not easy, not easy. I mean, I, I gotta tell you, I've had some offers to go do some things, and I was like, okay, that would completely ruin my reputation, but I would get like $30 million. <laughs> and you know, like, what, what's your integrity worth to you? That's, 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 what, that's, what, that's what it comes down to. Before BCH takes us out of content on their Reddit post, I still like Andreas very much. I'm not happy he's writing a book, uh, you know, Understanding Ethereum. What is it? Mastering. Mastering Ethereum. Like, it would have been nice if you wrote Mastering Smart Contracts. Would have been better. Mastering <laughs> Ethereum. Okay. I mean, I don't like... And also has Smart Contracts. So. Right. Well, it would have been better if he titled the book that way instead of Mastering Ethereum. Uh, we still like Andreas, just to make sure my comments don't get taken out of time. All respect to Andreas. Love you, guys. But, but so just another perspective. I mean, we're so early on, and I totally understand why people are exploring other options. Because no how can you know how the crypto is going to 